After a while, you learn to ignore the names people call you and just trust who you are. Shrek. The Dragon Pod from Bending Not Breaking. Book Four, Earth. Chapter Seven, Beneath the Surface. Welcome back to another episode of The Dragon Pod. My name is Ben Pruitt, and I am thrilled to start another episode. We have three more, including this one. And I, you know, I've had like buzzwords this whole season, thrilled, incredible, all of these words. And that's because it's just like, I feel like I have to repeat them because this season is so awesome. And we've had these lovely guests join us on all these episodes. And I have to say, I have been anticipating this guest joining us for quite a while. So it is my pleasure to introduce all of you to Benjamin Collins. Uh, he has pronouns, is taking the world by storm with his performance of Terry in season four of The Dragon Prince. That's what we're talking about today. And his friends call him a cinnamon roll. And he himself proclaims to have really cool socks, which of course I strive to have really cool socks as well. So Ben, we are so excited <laughs> to have you here today. How are you? <laughs> Hi, I'm <laughs> doing great. Thanks for asking. I actually came in here with a pair of really cool socks. They're they're sloths, hugging bananas. So, <laughs> you sloths eat bananas? Is that a normal thing? I don't know. I think it was just like a weird misprint of some kind. Like it was like maybe it's supposed to be monkeys, but someone didn't get the memo. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's interesting. So we're going with it. Yeah, I'm here for it. I, I currently am not wearing socks, but if I were, <laughs> they would be hopefully cooler. I don't really have like sloth. I don't have any sort of sloth sock. But one of the gifts that I got last year was mm-hmm. a pair of a bunch of different like elf related socks. So oh, like, those are the ones that I usually whip out when I when I want to <laughs> act the fool. Uh, that so- is amazing those sound spectacular i'm so jealous i don't have any elf socks right you gotta miss a map and have (laughs) like not match or i should say but no i feel that sometimes it's sloths with a banana and cat in the hat on the other foot now we're talking (laughs) like these sock sellers gotta get on the on the right page here i yes straight up (laughs) yeah one day one day (laughs) that can be my side hustle as I finish up grad school is to start a rando sock company (laughs) that is amazing I love it I love it well at least I'll have one customer (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay well (laughs) aside from the incredible sock revenue like repertoire um what are some things just tell us a little bit about you for the people who who've never heard your voice who don't well I guess they've heard your voice there if they're listening but uh who don't know you very well um what are some things that make you you um well uh I'm I do I do I have so, I have so many hobbies it's insane um I'm I'm very much a hobby person I thrive off of just doing things constantly I'm a cat dad. I am a singer. Uh, I also draw. (laughs) Um, And I like to incorporate a lot of that into my work as well. You know, so like, I think, I think 
you know, even though like, you know, people generally steer away from work when talking about themselves, I think work makes up a lot of who I am because I just, I love what I work on and I've just been doing it forever. So Interesting. So like when you say work, I'm, I want to, <laughs> what does that mean to you? Is this, do you mean just like the way that you earn money or do you mean it in another way? Yeah. Like, um, like acting and singing and arts and stuff like that. This all, um, all those things I do, um, I, I do have somehow made a profit off of it. So <laughs> I, I, I can see this is my work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No, like, I, I think that's incredible. And I, as a creative myself, I f- like am just envious of the people who are willing to commit really to art as a way of life. Right. And I just, I, I admire that about you. So thank you for thank you. continuing to create and put your work out into the world. Well, thank you very much. So kind. Yeah, no, absolutely. So part of your work is to create. I'm hearing that you do all kinds of things, sing, draw, you're, you clearly voice act yeah. uh, and act in general. So how did you find the Dragon Prince? I would love to hear any sort of story related to <laughs> involved with the Dragon Prince. Well, um, before I was, um, before I auditioned for the show, I was actually a fan of the show and I, I used to watch, I used to That's watch the awesome. show with my brother and, uh, we, we enjoyed it a lot. I remember, uh, it was the first season came out. We finished it in one night and we were like, wow, that was so awesome. That was so cool. And at the time I was just starting my voice acting stuff. I just wanted to start getting into it. And so I was like, dang, that is so cool. I wish I could do that someday. That's <laughs> and, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Wow. I I I loved the show. And um, you know, I, I love high fantasy stuff. I, it's always my favorite, like Dungeons and Dragons, all that kind of stuff. It's always like one of those things that's just like, yes, I love it. So the Dragon Prince, I was immediately a fan of. <laughs> yeah, I am similar. I am very much a fan of high fantasy. Or do you ha- do you like to read? Do you have any favorite uh, other high fantasy stories that you're like, this is the book so good. You can't miss this. <laughs> I suck at reading. I am the worst reader ever. My attention that. span is a walnut. But I will sit down <laughs> and I will I will watch the whole extended edition Lord of the Rings trilogy. I recently <laughs> rewatched those. Yeah. I can't sit down and read, but I can sit and watch. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So we have the Dragon Prince is the must watch here, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, theoretically, if they're listening to this, they they understand. Um, okay. So you found, like, we were talking with uh, one of the writers too, who like was a fan of the show and then became a writer for the show. Like, how cool is that for a lot of yeah. the, all these people that got to like join? Oh, that just makes me like, cool. Anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> What we'll do now is we've heard a little bit about you, clearly this wonderful creative. And now what I want to do is go into like our first segment, our first real segment, which is the the primal source. And right. of course, you are our primal source. <laughs> and what I'd love to hear is like, it's really nice for our listeners to like learn little things about what happens behind the scenes. And I admit right. that I learned a great deal of like, 
everything that's involved in the making of a show by asking some of these questions. And so it's been fascinating to hear. And I, yeah. I just love to hear from your perspective. What is something that was fun or interesting or weird about the making of this episode? <laughs> um, I actually remember stepping into the booth to record this episode. Um, and, and Jason, he, he jumped into the zoom call cause we record over, we recorded over like zoom. Um, so he would, he would be in, we have a studio. I'd be in studio a, it's like one room. And then he would be in studio B for like COVID protocols. Um, so let's just, we'd be in two different rooms, but we could see each other over a zoom call. And that's how Aaron and everyone in the writers could see us as well. Um, and so I remember being in the booth and then Jason jumping into the booth and just seeing him over the zoom call. And he started singing a song and he started trying to make me sing, <laughs> sing a song with him when I, I didn't know the words. What song? Um, it was, it was blues. I think it was, I, I could be remembering this wrong, but I think it was blue skies by Willie Nelson. Uh, and, and that he was just like singing. He was like, come on, Ben, sing with me. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I don't know what we're saying. Well, was, yes. <laughs> it's great. Oh man. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I, he's, he's never attempted to sing for us. Like, like I don't, we're missing out. Like no way. Several times and he hasn't. Tried oh, Jason sing. is such a great singer. Oh, this, the cat's out of the bag now, y'all. <laughs> he is. Out. He's a fantastic singer. We're, what we're gonna do is we're gonna recruit him to do like a Patreon special of like just singing a little little song. That yes, you should absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang! Oh gosh, okay. there's there's a lot of like um you know things I could tell you about the behind the scenes for this particular episode because there's just yeah. there's so much like um that that scene where where terry stands up to viren and says like hey i'm gonna have feelings and feel what i need to feel like that whole that whole massive segment that terry says oh absolutely that was part of my audition for terry and um when (laughs) when i uh first recorded the audition um and sent it in um, it barely changed in the final outcome like the the delivery and everything having the context behind it it was just like for some reason that whole that whole experience was already there in the I'm gonna have like I'm gonna feel what I need to feel and you know despite getting to know Terry better it kind of like the whole sorry <laughs> the whole way I um, read the scene stayed the same which is really interesting because you know sometimes you yeah. get context and it changes and stuff like that but it was like it was kind of like like I knew Terry already wow like despite it just being an audition Oh, that's so cool to hear. I, I like, I can imagine the creative process of wanting to, you know, woodshed and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to craft this down and like hone it down to be just, just right. <laughs> and then to find out that like, oh, dang, I nailed it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> How cool is that? That's so, uh, yeah. I'm, what's the word I'm looking at? It's like, um, not serendipitous. It's, it's, almost like a window into the character in a way that you like could only be you could only guess at before actually getting the context and then you get the context and you realize that you read that so well wow that's so um gratifying in a way yeah yeah absolutely yeah wow yeah that's awesome that what a cool story too like oh this mm, i'm just i don't have to I have to go rewatch it now again again okay. <laughs> um, for like the 10th time okay so we we are 
talking about this episode and you've already brought up a really neat scene which is super super great and i want to give everybody else that's listening context for the lens that we're going to be talking about which is trust today uh so you chose this lens and i would love it if you could just help me understand what does trust mean to you and then i'm gonna stop there what does trust mean to you (laughs) (laughs) gosh um you know trust is such a powerful powerful thing um you know because you never know if you're trusting the right person and that's so scary um and trust takes so much like bravery it takes it takes especially if you've trusted the wrong person before and you know it's it's one of those things it's just powerful and brave and scary but can also just it can be such a relief you know having someone to trust and just just feeling safe with that person Ooh, so there's, I'm, I'm hearing two sides to this. One is in order to uh, step into trust, it requires a lot of bravery. It requires a lot of courage. But then on the other side, once you have it, it is, it feels like a safety net almost. I don't want to put yeah. it off, but that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so it's, it's almost this duh it's like a leap of faith so to speak Uh, yeah it really is (laughs) where (laughs) where you can't you can't know if you're going to get caught by by a safety net or not Uh, Mm. you're just jumping and hoping that you'll get caught kind of like you know I just had this vision of Callum jumping off the storm spire and like I'm gonna have wings eventually (laughs) Um, yeah Yeah, absolutely really interesting um way to frame trust. Yeah, that's, that's great. So when, I I mean, we all have lots of moments, like I think trust is one of those uh, experiences that is um, pretty integral to the human condition, meaning like everyone experiences trust and a lack of trust. Um, And one of the things I heard from you is that you, it is, it requires a lot more bravery if you have been hurt before by a lack of trust Mm -hmm. and I'm curious could you if you could just unpack that just a little bit more um for like my own personal experience or like yeah or if you would just speculate about that as a general thing yeah well if if I wanted to um use an example Terry coming out to Viren as trust you know um coming out is such a scary thing and like trusting someone that like they're gonna they're gonna hold on to that for you and they're gonna be like a safe space for you to do that uh especially when you just met them too (laughs) like that can be that can be really scary and um you know I've I've had instances in my past where I wasn't ready to come out to my family or something like that and uh I unfortunately trusted the wrong person and that person relayed a lot of information I wasn't ready to share yet with members of my family who weren't ready to hear it And so, you know, things like that can be really, like, it's hard. It's really hard, you know, to, to find that, like, that trust again, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, it's, it's there. And I'm, I'm so grateful for all the people I have in my life. I'm very supported, but, you know, it's scary. It's a scary thing. Absolutely. 
Okay, so before we dive too deeply into this scene that you've you've given us, we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we remind our listeners of what happened in this episode. And so I'm going to do a 30 second countdown or a, a three second count. <laughs> uh, and we're going to have a 30 second recap time. And so I'll go first out of the, you know, the generosity within my heart. I'm going to go first. <laughs> And then you will have 30 seconds on the clock as well uh, to kind of uh, cover the things that happen in this episode to the best of your best of your memory. Okay. I will warn you, everybody who's gone before you is like, it's so hard the first time. <laughs> I promise you'll be great. Don't worry. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Will you do me a favor and sure. help me in from three? Okay. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so Nathan is like, peril, death, it's imminent. And then, you know, there's this beautiful crystal palace and there's only three Quasar diamonds known in the world. And then the music and lights light the way. And then Soren chases Claudia down and PJs and ties her up. And then she gives him the silent treatment. And then Terry worries for Claudia and Beery's like, no, it's fine. And then there's a dark abyss area and like, oops, light. And then they run and then Claudia breaks the silence and then there's some scary things. And then the breeze dome. And then that's the like, wow. And then Callum's scared of the darkness and Beery and Terry go to find Claudia to talk about the past 30 i went over by like 0.8 but that's okay that was beautiful i am not going to be able to execute that as fantastically as you did (laughs) i believe that you will execute (laughs) are you ready i am ready as i'll ever be all right on the count of three three two one Okay, Nathan is guiding them through the caves and sh- trying to find like the Kesar diamonds. Woo, it's, it's all really pretty and shiny. And then the Soren chases down Claudia and ties her up. And then she's giving him like she's she's mad at him, so she's giving him silent treatment. Terry and Viren have like a little conversation, and then uh they worry about Claudia more. <laughs> End up walking along to try and find Claudia. Oh god. Uh Claudia breaks breaks free. Uh things get crazy. Uh oh no, it's Viren. Yay. Ding. well done yeah i thought that was well done you did great <laughs> it's a disaster but thank you <laughs> no it was great yeah i i think we covered it i think we nailed it <laughs> yeah. with our powers combined we did an incredible job <laughs> it's great it's great thank you Okay, so this is where I'm really excited to just dive into some of the moments that happened in this episode, talking about trust. And so as you were thinking about what happened in this episode, mm-hmm. um, what is a moment of trust that you want to just talk about right off the bat? Oh, absolutely. The uh, the coming out scene between Terry and Viren is, I, again, uh, I probably sound like a broken record, but the amount of trust it takes to come out yeah. to somebody um, especially someone you just met like you don't know how they're gonna react and you know of course it's the dragon prince and the dragon prince is always like you know great with support and stuff like that but you know in in the real world it's a scary 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 thing you know there are some scary people out there and um you know that moment immediately for me was just something that was so touching and so like um you know I think it was the just the simplicity in in the scene um with like the added feelings to what was being said you know it was just it was so beautifully done and that moment of trust is just it's it's so special to me and so many others I think 
So I have a question. I'm I'm curious about the way you phrased that. You you said it was this this scene was beautifully done. Yes. And I, I'm I'm there's a lot of things that I heard like through through the between the lines, so to speak, in in what you were offering us. And so I'm I'm curious from your perspective before I you know color it with mine. I'm, I'm what was particularly beautiful about the way that it was done to you. Gosh. Um. Well. <laughs> I guess I do have a lot of like inside knowledge too yeah. on this scene. Um, so I could, I, can I share a bit of that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, there were lots of conversations with trans folks from, from GLAD and um, there were different renditions of the scene um, beforehand and it, and it wound up changed to be what it, what it is now. And uh, Aaron was very clear to me that like, you know, this, the scene was like kind of my moment and he made sure that like my opinion was heard. So he asked if I was okay with how it turned out or asked me if I wanted to change or try anything. But I remember like, I just, I loved the way they wrote it so much that I, I didn't want to change a thing. Uh, I remember being in the studio and just like having to take a few deep breaths before we recorded that moment because I was just so touched and brought tears to my eyes with like the simplicity and love and trust in just the writing and just in the team environment as well, right? Because it's it's not just, you know, Terry trusting Viren, it was it's me trusting them to do right by a trans yeah. character because there's so many, so many wrongs in media when representing those kinds of things. Um, so just the trust, like the trust was so, so many different ways, not just in the show, but outside of the show too in the writing yeah. in the people in the environment you know and just just getting Super to meta. see it all <laughs> yeah right exactly um yeah. you know and it was just when I finally saw the scene all put together with like the fireflies in the background and the, just the beautiful surroundings and colors I was like weeping I was like oh it's so beautiful yeah I, I this is particularly interesting because it's not often that the person who is voicing the character has been through something quite so similar as the character, especially in high fantasy environments. Right. So oh, for sure. uh, this, this to me is really interesting to hear because it sounds like you as Ben felt a lot of trust in this moment. And that came through not, but for also Terry who experienced a lot of trust in this moment um so yeah what a what a beautiful experience to use your language like wow i'm kind yeah. of uh grateful that that was the experience you had rather than uh something else oh that- absolutely this is such a scary thing you know because people people can say they're gonna do right by you you know with things like that yeah. and then and then they just they flop yeah. <laughs> and they just they they don't do it right and they don't listen to you and they don't listen to the right people. But, you know, everyone on the team made sure that they were listening to the right people. They were listening to trans people and mm-hmm. their ideas. And like, um, you know, when something, you know, there was, there was a little like slip in the script. Um, I believe it was like Terry revealing his dead name. Um, mm-hmm. That was mentioned at first, but people were like, no, let's, let's leave that out. Let's leave it like, you know, Terry just chose his name for himself, right? Yeah. Because it could give transphobic people ammunition against Terry. And yeah. that's exactly what they didn't want, you know? So them reaching out and saying, hey, like, like, 
we're listening to you. What do you think we should do with the scene? They were like, take the take his dead name out. And they were like, okay, let's do that. They took it out. They listened. And they were like, you know, just didn't give anyone anything to like, like didn't give anybody an ammunition. Yeah. You know, and that's just, that's such, that's such a powerful thing, you know, to make I, sure that you, yeah. That was just, the first, the first thing when you lifted that up, I was like, oh no, if they had included that, I could just imagine the vitriol on social media that would have happened from transphobic people yeah Um, yeah exactly and you know just a trans character being there there's the opportunity for transphobia there has been transphobia you know I've I've seen it and I've 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 moved past it but you know there's just having that ammunition there is so scary and you know if if Terry wanted to trust Viren with his dead name like that's okay like I I trust people with my dead name if I know them like really well things like that like it's it's a trans person's choice right so not saying that is a bad thing but it could have given people yeah just ammunition you know in I'm putting this out to for I, I think Terry, but also I think just the the trans experience too, mm-hmm. and, and not just the trans experience, but the queer experience. It's like <laughs> thinking about what being queer and the requirement of coming out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the requirement is that you have to have trust, right? You have to have built up this this trust, and there is um, an that is an unseen tax on queer folks. Yeah. And what people who don't experience that tax realize is that it, that is an unseen thing, like, right? And so oh, absolutely. the idea that, um, you know, oh, like, why, why is this so difficult? Well, let's think about the times when you've had to experience that level of trust for fear of, you know, what could be a multiple of number of things and we don't know what terry's experience is in this world right we don't have much of the backstory at least we as viewers do not have much of the backstory for what terry might have experienced from his family from his experience growing up and from the people in the world that may or may not um, be as accepting as claudia and or viren and it's interesting to me to think about trust being one of those commodities that uh straight people for instance white people for instance just mm. like pretend exists for everyone when really they don't understand right. there's something missing there no absolutely um and so part of what i hope we learn from terry's future experience is what was what is the the climate in this world and is it as as bad as it is here um, and, and if so, then it requires a lot more trust from Terry than we can probably recognize. Right. Um, which is, I think regardless, we can appreciate this scene more if we like kind of highlight that as something that is attacks upon people who have to go through this a day mm-hmm. in day out on a regular basis. Yeah, for sure. Um, so can we talk about Terry's language, like you offered us a little bit um, in terms of your reflections, but just to be more specific, um, it, Terry uses metaphor. 
yes. in his explanation of uh, of this. Like he talked, he reminisces about like people used to see him as a doe versus him knowing that he was a buck. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on the use of metaphor here. And I'll, I'll pause there before I keep going. Like what what is how did that um, feel to you? Um, honestly. I, I got the message like loud and clear and I knew the people <laughs> the people who could could relate to Terry would also understand um big time, you know, being being trans um is really scary and sometimes, you know, you don't wanna say things like as they are for the fear of like people like reacting really badly you know so like yeah. him using that like that metaphor like you know uh everyone everyone saw me as a doe but i always knew i was a buck you know like that you know instead of saying oh well i was i was born a girl and you know not, like now i'm a boy you yeah. know i think the metaphor added a bit of like simplicity to it like mm-hmm. gave 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 like um I know there were some translation errors um, for the other languages where some it apparently didn't make a lot of sense, <laughs> mm. um, which was a bit unfortunate. But, yeah. you know, um, I think I just think the way he said it was so simple and yet beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and I, I 100% agree. I, I, I am a huge metaphor fan if this whole podcast isn't a... Uh, but like thinking in in terms of thinking about metaphor in terms of trust i think oftentimes metaphor is a useful buffer when we are feeling vulnerable oh for sure right And, and so in a way metaphor allows us to be more to tap into trust more readily right in in a way like i feel like if i can uh, for lack of a better word, like soften the blow, um, then I'm more likely to be able to do this. And therefore I can trust you a little bit more if I can use metaphor to tell you Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to tell you. And I guess that was why I I lifted that up because I was, I was thinking about that in relation to trust. And I was like, dang, I I hadn't thought about it in that kind of way before. And I thought that was Mm -hmm. really neat. Yeah. I, I think a big part of it could also just be because Terry is an Earthblood elf. <laughs> and it's very right. like, yeah. you know, maybe that's like the lingo they kind of use. But mm-hmm. um, I, I do agree that like the metaphor there is very like, like to soften, to soften like what he was trying to say and make it like not easier, but like just e- like not easier to understand, but easier to take in, I guess. Oh, so there's two sides to it then. So there's one side of like, it makes it easier to say maybe, or mm-hmm. thinking about it from the other side of it makes it easier to hear. Right. Um, which I mean, and I, I think that Terry very well may have considered both. Um, and we don't know, right? I, I oftentimes, um, again, it's yeah the the burden is on the person who has to come out, right? And so oftentimes that person is very aware of like how it sounds themselves, and then they're extra conscious of what are they going to think when I say it oh if I say it this way oh gosh and so there's this like again this tax that is required so so 
there's just, there's a lot wrapped up in this. And I'm just, I'm really grateful that you're willing to kind of um, dive into this with me. There's just so much going on. Um, I, one of the things that I was thinking about when in this scene too, is that trust requires a little bit of groundwork. Mm -hmm. And what we see is that Terry and Viren have been like, Terry has been trying to buddy buddy Viren this whole time. (laughs) Like I'm going to warm up to you, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Um, And right. (laughs) Like, so it seems like he desperately wants Viren to wants Viren's approval. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the wrong language, but is very interested in Viren liking him because he's so smitten with Claudia. Right. Um, Yeah. And so part of me wonders how Viren would have handled this news if, let's say, Terry is like, I'm out and proud and I don't care who knows. And I'm very curious how Viren would have heard this without all of the first six episodes of right. Terry laying the groundwork with Viren. Right. Uh, I'm, and I'm curious what your thoughts on that are. You know what? I think... <laughs> I, I don't think Viren would have been transphobic by any means. I think he just would have been like, oh, this guy. <laughs> you know, I, that's just... my impression too, but I, I just, I don't know, right? Yeah, right. No, I think I think it just, again, would have been like, oh, Claudia, please, 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 just not him. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? It's, like, it's just... <laughs> I'm the only one allowed to have an elf boyfriend, okay? <laughs> Ding ding ding! (laughs) 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 Like it's 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 really interesting to think about too, like because Viren's response here is just very touching. Um, and it's (laughs) it's touching because of the previous conversation too. Like Viren, Viren was all up in his feelings and like not letting himself feel so he's like get a grip and then terry processes this whole thing and says you know what i'm gonna feel my feelings and viren says that's wonderful it's weird but it's wonderful and right (laughs) i just am it's I, i there's some tension here that i haven't quite put my finger on why there's tension um between I think that to me, it's Viren is becoming more and more uncomfortable with the fact that Terry is probably going to force Viren to encounter some things that he doesn't, he's been trying to push away for a while. Right. Um, And so by virtue of Terry leaning into his feelings, it will eventually require that Viren probably come in closer proximity to his feelings and i think honestly that's what makes Viren pretty uncomfortable um but i'm clearly speculating and i don't know but that's my thought process oh i think i think that's a really cool take i i like that i definitely like where that that's going and like what that that could imply for future seasons and stuff like that for sure um you know i i don't disagree i think you know a lot of Viren's 
first discomfort with Terry was how like Terry would encourage him to you know feel what he needed to feel like you know for instance yes. like Reardon has the panic attack on the spire yeah. and Terry's just there holding the like, cradle his head being like Sir Kai you're gonna be fine <laughs> like and Reardon's yeah. just like I don't want to feel like that I don't I don't just want to but I didn't faint what no I'm a tough guy yeah, I don't need to feel totally anything. normal to have a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While Terry's just like, it's okay to feel that way. And Rian's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the only other thing that I, I was curious about in, in relation to this was mm-hmm. uh, we can only assume that Claudia is aware and of because we don't see the a coming out scene with between Terry and Claudia. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I we just presume that that has already happened considering how close they are and how much they care for one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's interesting to think about, you know, the I, again, I am just very much craving uh, <laughs> the the introduction between Terry and Claudia and then the, the ebb and flow of their getting together with one another and learning about each other. That seems, it's fascinating to think about just because <laughs> of Claudia's, you know, who Claudia is. No, absolutely. Uh, I just am like wrapping my head around it is like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I totally get that. Um I I've also I've also been yearning for that like I want to I want to be able to see that and I want people to be able to see that and like you know get to know how they met one another and how they clicked especially with Claudia's like really like I I can't imagine how she must have felt after the storm spire of all things like you know maybe earlier in the season like season two like you know she runs into Terry and Terry's like oh hey and she's like hey (laughs) meanwhile the storm spire it's like oh hey and she's like hey like you know very like aggressive feelings um i definitely i i hope that that's something we all get to see yeah fingers crossed that's on my bucket list we'll see um so okay so we've spent a lot of time on on this moment and it's really it's this build-up because it's been kind of building this whole episode Mm -hmm. uh between Terry and um, and Viren, but I'm I'm curious: is there another moment of of trust or something else about this moment that we want to make sure we touch on? Uh, like just on this particular moment or the episode? On the whole episode, yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, I definitely I think the the lack of trust Soren now has for Claudia would be a wow, good dynamic, right? This was huge. Um, and it's it's not just Soren for Claudia, but Claudia for Soren too. I uh, yeah, both ways. Absolutely. Really interesting situation here, right? So, like, you know, Soren is over here, like trusting this dragon without armor in his PJs, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yeah, like, totally fine. And then Claudia comes around, and he's like, absolutely not, and just starts chasing her down. And yeah there's a lot going on in this mistrust that there's two years of un uh, unpacked <laughs> uh, things that contribute to that mistrust. So I'm curious, like what in your mind contributed to, to the, to the mistrust here? Oh, absolutely. Um, season three, 
episode nine when Soren stabs Viren or quote Viren. <laughs> right. Uh, that Woo-hoo. I think that moment and also uh, the moment where Soren leaves um, Claudia before yeah, the big right fight. Yeah. I think those two moments are like, like that is like what breaks like the major trust between these two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I think Soren wants to trust Claudia but Claudia no longer trusts Soren and um, Soren can't find it in himself to trust Claudia either, especially because she can't trust him. Well, and part of me wonders, there's a couple things that are, that are kind of wrapped up in this. One is Claudia not trusting Soren because Soren stabbed, you know, illusion Viren. Mm-hmm. Does Claudia think that Soren would stab her or is it that, their relationship is broken because Soren didn't trust their father who she trusts implicitly. Like, I'm, does that make sense? Is it, does it bleed over into thinking that Soren would harm her or is it that just that their relationship is broken? And I, I don't have an answer. I'm just curious what you're right. Thinking. No, I, gosh, I think it has to be like both. You mm. know? Cause yeah. you know, her, her, the way she, admires Viren you know and the way she looks up to him um you know it I think it has a lot to do with possibly you know we don't we don't get to see a lot of this or like at all yet but I think it does have to do with you know um you know she says please don't leave not again don't make me choose I think that whole thing with her mom you know she ha- she doesn't trust her mom so she puts that trust in her dad all of that admiration and love that should be going to two parents goes straight to her dad like and times two this too right like it it requires more courage and bravery when you've been hurt before and mm-hmm. what you're kind of pointing us to is that because of claudia's experience with her mother mm-hmm. trust is even harder and then the fact that her brother left again yeah is now she's like it's almost as if her pool of people that she can trust is shrinking Mm -hmm. right which again makes it really interesting that she has this relationship with terry um and (laughs) um so it's it's just really fascinating to think about like what uh all the things that contribute to one this family dynamic between between sorian and claudia but also just this need almost for Viren to um not just exist right to be alive <laughs> but mm-hmm. also to you know, I think that's another reason why she slaps him is that like in episode two when that happens he's talking about like just let me die and she's like I know I can't yeah. <laughs> like I, there, there's too much at stake because if you leave then I'm gonna break because I, what happens if I lose this trust too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think you Oof. know, Claudia has this problem where she feels like, like uh, her family is so like so special to her that losing it feels like she's losing like part of herself too, mm-hmm. you know. And it's so, it's such a such a complex like, just like bundle of like trust and like harm and like just all these different feelings and stuff like that um 
it's it's crazy it's crazy yeah, that is oh my goodness so okay i like i we can't avoid talking about all these these cool things that because they all intersect and so you know one of the things that's involved here is earlier in the episode with claudia who has you know not returned yet viren and terry have a very different take on claudia's absence right Mm -hmm. and so what what i really appreciate about viren's is like viren just trusts that claudia can handle herself Right. And to have that kind of uh, trust from a parent is really beautiful because <laughs> um, I know a lot. I worked with teens for a long time and there are a lot of parents that trust their kids zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's the complete opposite. And Viren's like, no, nah, she's fine. She can handle herself. Um, meanwhile, Terry is not, it's not that Terry doesn't trust that Claudia is capable it's just there's something else there and I was curious about your thoughts on the the difference of trust in those experiences like what they it seems like they both both trust Claudia yeah but in a different way and I'm curious what what that difference is to you I think Viren is very blind to the danger Claudia puts herself in for him I think you know um and and hopefully that's something that gets touched on you know eventually but i think he's very like you know he he wasn't there at the storm spire when when ibis almost kills her you know but terry was terry saw that and i think that like you know i think that amount of like um you know i trust she can handle herself like you know i'm sure terry does trust that she can but there's also that part of him that's like but i don't trust other people yeah you know I don't trust other people you well I think that's a really good point that I completely forgot about for some reason (laughs) this I forgot about this huge plot point you lifted up um but yeah Terry literally just witnessed Claudia struggling uh and almost dying and Viren this idea of like taking for granted that she can handle herself when he hasn't seen what she's been doing for two years doing like unreasonable incalculable terrible things um so yeah that's that's really fascinating to kind of consider how i I, again i think it definitely speaks for itself to remember that terry just witnessed the fact that she was about to die at someone else's hands um that for for some reason slipped my mind even though it's one of the biggest (laughs) of the season (laughs) but yeah i I don't i don't remember i was (laughs) yeah yeah who who? what who what (laughs) wow anyway (laughs) um so it goes okay yeah um so can i take us to the the dragging for a second yeah of course so there's this moment and it happens a few times um where when things get scary um who do you reach for uh in the sense of like literally like when in that moment where do your where does your hand go and also like who do you want to to talk to when things get tough Mm -hmm. and there's this really interesting relationship that we see between Rayla and Callum. Mm-hmm. 
sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I found it to be really neat. So the first time it happens is when they walk by the skeleton and Rayla moves in and goes straight to Callum, reaches for Callum and says, are we going to find Soren like this? And, you know, in this moment when like, there's this like, oh no, what if something goes wrong? This reaching for Callum. And then later in the episode, right? When Callum is struggling and like, I need you to kill me. Um, <laughs> goes and pulls the kill me card, pulls and like goes to Rayla. And there's this Im- implicit trust that is between the two of them that despite their history in which, you know, Rayla took off and left for two years and Callum's, you know, still recovering from that. And so is she, frankly. Um, but there's still this like trust that is built between them that is still there. Um, and just, I, I, that came up for me when I was watching through and I'm curious if that resonates with you, is that, is that true for you and your experience of trust? Like, do you, in moments of fear, like have this physical reach towards people that you are more trusting of or want to speak to the people that you're more closer to? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? It, it um, feels true. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think that like that physical, like, oh, come come closer to me. I'm like, I, I need I need you right now. Like, you know, um, it's... I think it's very common, you know, I think, I think a lot of people want that, like, that physical assurance, you know, when, when they're, yeah. like, when their mind is going off somewhere else, like, you know, they, they want the person they trust to ground them and to, uh-huh. like, you know, just have that person hold on to them and be like, it's okay, we're good, <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just really touching, right, there's this uh, I, I think oftentimes it's easy to like put trust in this like invisible thing, but I think we can see when trust is visible too via proximity, right? Who we let into our bubbles, so to speak, uh, more frequently. Like I think that um, being closer to someone is literal. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. <laughs> more <laughs> metaphorical but like the, the like I, I think that when you're willing to be more proximate and literally be closer and hug and you know frankly be intimate like that requires a certain level of trust mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it's the same thing when you think about it more expansively like who do you travel with like this whole group there's a an implicit amount of trust between everyone who's traveling in this group uh, and I think we often don't take that into account when we are with people. Like, I, I think we forget that that is a, a currency, so to speak, in, yeah. in group settings. Um, and I, I think that works as a metaphor for me, like as an actual currency. Again, it costs more for people to come out of the closet there's a, there's a greater tax. And I, so like in, in a way I haven't, this is the first time where I've put like a money metaphor multiple times to trust in an episode. We've talked about trust before on the podcast, but it, it seems like that makes sense for the things that are going on in this episode. 
um Sense. right in a way <laughs> <laughs> oh that was really, that was mm, oh. yikes <laughs> oh no it's <laughs> good it's good yeah that's great Ugh. but yeah anyway I, I it's fascinating yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely um and yeah i think the you know the tax and like the the, the money metaphors I, I think i think it very accurately you know describes you know like the the privilege some people have where they don't it doesn't cost as much for some people yeah you know yeah Ugh. absolutely jerks right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh well can't win them all um awesome okay uh i have one more moment that i'd love to touch on before we before we move on and then i'd love to hear if you have anything that you want to make sure we touch on before that are that are burning moments (laughs) um and the thing that we can't i think not talk about is claudia's outburst at soren at the end you know, she's giving him the silent treatment this whole time. And then, you know, Argavos and then Aravididity uh, start <laughs> happening and she just, you know, busts. And what we hear in Claudia's outburst is pretty extreme and um, extreme mistrust of elves, dragons, and it, it, I, I hesitate to label it prejudice, right? But it, it, I mean, it very clearly is ist. Um, yeah. And it's hard to kind of pinpoint all of the various layers that are contributing to that um, because we only have what we can see. But there's just an intense dislike and mistrust of non-human beings. And what we see is two exceptions to that in her in her speech, or yes, one in this season and two in this speech. Erevos, who there's this implicit trust of, and then also of Terry. Um, and I'm I'm curious why and how these two get the exception to the rule. Um, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on on this moment. Right. I love Claudia as a character. She's such a, like, she's such a complex character. Yeah. Um, and she has this, she has this ounce of selfishness to her mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think, I think her exception is, you know, Terry, Terry loves her and Terry gives her love and she can, she can supply that love in return. And Erebos gives her her father, uh-huh. you know, and it's very, it's very like, she those those these two relationships she wins with them right but like with other elves like it feels more like a war mm-hmm. and so i think i think that like that tie that ounce of selfishness that she has um is 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 a big part of like you know her um her relationships with terry and and Erebos. You know, yeah. and I, I think she does love Terry and I think you know she does care for Terry but you know again it's that she she 
she met him on like one of her lowest of lows that she's ever been in in her life she just lost like you know what probably what she probably sees is the love from her brother right that's gone now and then terry comes into her life and he's able to like replace a kind of love right yeah and it's just you know she's in such a low place there you know her dad's gone her brother's gone she's all alone you know and that that just them being there is kind of like a convenient like thing to lean on a little bit and again i truly believe she loves terry she does but again there is that that ounce of selfishness in her yeah that you can kind of see yeah and honestly it reminds me of and this is not a generous view (laughs) but it reminds me of um the belief structures that condone um individualism meaning uh it's this it feels the same and to me as people who say i don't hate black people i love black people and (laughs) and what that but i have like uh, because i have a black friend right yeah (laughs) and you know i i'm I'm not racist i have a black friend It, it feels it feels like that. And that's not a, a, a that's, that's not a direct correlation, it, but right. in, in, for some reason, that's the vibe I get. Um, and it, it's, I can't quite pinpoint why this experience feels so icky. <laughs> no, uh, I, I totally get it. Cause she's, she's hating on a whole like race of like yeah. people, you yeah. know, and it's, it's like they're all bad because this you know but then she's she's proving herself wrong because terry's not all bad right yeah and and it's also hard because like the other person that is not all bad is eros yeah who's pretty bad (laughs) yeah who's pretty bad (laughs) yeah according to my judgment right right um and so it's just really it's like this really fascinating view into what i think is a very real experience for people where uh, it, it feels very easy to condemn a whole group of people and then believe that, oh, well, Terry's just the exception to the rule. When in reality, everybody is a unique human, like not even human, uh, uh, everybody is a unique person. Mm-hmm. And to ascribe this to the entirety of dragons and elves is very problematic and that's what soren's trying to say at the exactly literally right in front of her face um and it's interesting that the evidence that she has is not also like like it seems like there's a missing click like i just want you to like do you not see that there's like hello um but (laughs) you know it's like that i can feel it in my bones it's like where's the feeling coming from like Yeah. yeah you know there's you know you can have like an actual history or you can have a quote-unquote feeling in your bones which is like you know just an ignorant way of saying it's because I feel the way I feel and I'm allowed to feel the way I feel well and I and I think that if we go into like you know being trauma informed right which let's be real Claudia (laughs) is uh has a history of trauma um we our bodies 
our bodies believe and convince us of things that are not that are not true based off of our like our bodies remember and when something we encounter even if it's perfectly safe if we encountered something that was harmful about that in the past then it's we're going to experience that and we're going to experience fear and we're going to have a fight or flight response and it seems as though somehow Terry's interaction with Claudia got past that mm-hmm. whereas every other thing every other dragon every other magical creature every other you know non-human person has triggered that response mm-hmm. and so it's really interesting to me to think about how you can know something in your bones so to speak yeah. and it can be wrong <laughs> uh, absolutely yeah and, and a, a confabulation is a lie told honestly. And I I think we often let our trauma create confabulations that are outside of our knowledge that we just have no idea aren't true. (laughs) Yeah, Um, absolutely. Which is tragic and terrifying all at the same time that that we can know something to be true and it's just not true. Yeah. Um, Wolf. (laughs) <laughs> Again, yeah, Claudia is so unbelievably complex. And of course, a lot of her, those big ignorant parts of her comes from Viren, you uh-huh. know, who, who's, um, you know, I think also experienced a lot of the trauma you're talking about. <laughs> right? So just it's, died. It's, <laughs> yeah, right. So it's uh, like, God, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's, it's, it must be, it must be hard, you know, yeah. to, to to be in that position where it's like you have to feel that way because of the things like like in your past have yeah. just have just made you feel that way absolutely so i'm going to offer a book recommendation to our listeners and then i think it'll be perfect time to take a quick break and then come back for our final couple of segments uh, of course so there's a book that i read uh, last year called what my bones know by Stephanie Fu, and it is her account. It's a it's a memoir, and it's her account of learning that she has complex post traumatic stress disorder, and it is an incredible undertaking. And if you are into learning about uh, trauma and its effect on the body, especially complex trauma, so trauma over time. I highly, highly recommend people who like reading to check out this book. And if you like listening, highly recommend checking out the audiobook. Um, I definitely think it's worth taking in um, if you're curious about this subject. Um, and on that note, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
welcome back. I hope that you had a lovely break. We are really excited to dive into our final couple of segments with you. And the first one right off the bat, listeners, you know, you're well aware is the Lens MVP Award. And so Ben and Ben are going to duke it out here and (laughs) we're going to decide who deserves the Lens MVP for trust this episode. And so again, for everybody who's listening, this character should, for better or worse, exemplify the lens of trust. And so, uh, Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it right to you. Who is a character that you would like to nominate for being the most trusting? I would like to nominate Terry. Shocker! Right, I know. It's not like we talked about it the whole time. <laughs> um, no, I think I think just again the amount of trust it takes to tell someone you. Are still getting to know you know and just come out to that person especially when they have a history of being very ignorant <laughs> the amount of uh trust and bravery that takes is insane <laughs> yeah i just again we, we we did talk about it all episode it's just there's so much involved here and so uh you know i i appreciate you lifting up terry because you know it's really gonna pull uh, a lot of our listeners into the voting for Terry. And I'm just saying that dear, like, <laughs> I, I like winning. And so I really need everybody to listen wholeheartedly to who I'm about to nominate. Just, just don't discount my nomination just because you heard Terry. <laughs> so here's the deal. I, and this is, bear with me. Okay. I'm nominating Soren. I hear the just complete shock in your silence here. Okay, so like, uh, listen, there's no need to be shocked. This is for real. Soren uh, is one of the things I really find beautiful about this encounter with Claudia is that there is an element of trust in Claudia that deep down she is worthy of love, belonging, and has the potential to do good in the world. And when we see the potential in other people, um, that there's an inherent judgment there that I want to recognize because I like seeing potential in someone is um, can be like, oh, I see you're what you could be. And I'm like, <laughs> I already am. And that's not what's happening necessarily in this situation. But this idea that I can see who you can become and I can see that you are hurting and in pain and I can see that you have the capacity to make good choices. And there are other people who are like, nope, we're going to kill you. Like Ibis did not see that potential. There was no trust there. It was like, I have to do this because this is the best thing I can do with the information I have. And because of his history with, with Claudia, there's a lot of trust in her, her potential and what she can do. And the fact that he knows that he, that she has the same past that was colored by Viren's raising them. And I just think there's a lot of trust involved in that. And I, you know, went on a really long explanation of that because I really believe in it. And it's really hard to defend against Terry in this, but you should vote for Soren anyway. I, I I don't disagree that like you know the trust that Soren has in Claudia is absolutely there um and I think 
you know, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves yeah. throughout the next few seasons. Absolutely. And it's tough because we talked about their mistrust the whole time, but like, there's a lot of trust there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard it folks. I am inviting you to vote for Soren uh, on the Twitter poll, <laughs> um, but you should vote for whoever you think uh, deserves the lens MVP. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or not. Or not. Uh, okay. So we've had our fun. Uh, now is our time to get super sentimental and go into our gratitude session because gratitude is phenomenal and we love it. And, you know, we know that gratitude is connected to joy. And so we want to experience more joy in our lives. So with that in mind, uh, who is a character in this episode that you are thankful for and why? I am thankful for Soren. For the trust he puts in Claude. There it is. See, I, I see. <laughs> yeah, see I, I, I know, I know, I know. But uh, no, honestly, um, I have I have so many siblings, <laughs> and you know we we have our disagreements and things like that, and you know they have a major disagreement <laughs> going on, but him still wanting to trust her and put that trust in her, I can really appreciate, and you know it's 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 a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. It doesn't work out in his favor, but you know, as as we see at the end of the season. But you know, um, again, him just him just wanting to put that there and just wanting to trust her and wanting to, you know, like wanting to see the good in her, um, is something that you know, Soren and Terry can actually relate to. I think I think Terry, you know. <laughs> he 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 seems so like okay with all these things. I think he he wants to see the good in her, you know, and that's why he he continues to be by her side. Especially you see at the end of season four, where he you know he tells her you know that was pretty cruel of you to you know keep those coins from Rayla. What a big moment! Yeah, you know it's he wants to see the good in her, and so he he trusts her to make good decisions. So he trusts her with his opinion you know and like saying like hey i think that was pretty not cool <laughs> like it was pretty yeah. pretty more than not cool it was like act- yeah actively was, cruel <laughs> that was pretty pretty terrible <laughs> you know and I, I just again i'm i'm grateful for for soren um for you know also wanting to see that in her you heard it from uh, men, folks. You should vote for Soren on the Lens MVP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, as I also have a lot of siblings. I have six myself. So thinking about the, like, if I were to be making decisions like Claudia, I would hope that my siblings would have the the compassion that Soren has when he approaches Claudia, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm 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 into it. Okay, so for me, I found myself really torn between Viren and Rayla uh, for choosing, um, particularly because they were so different, but they were both like, oh, this is really important. Um, And so I'm going to, to... you know, honorable mention Viren, and then I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Rayla, but 
honorable mention is because I, I think, again, Viren's response to Terry this whole episode is just really beautiful. And it's very rare that we see appropriate responses to people who come out. And I'm just deeply grateful for, for Viren, just for the simplicity of his response. Um, and then for Rayla, I just loathe the, you should, you have to kill me trope. And it's one of those things where like, there are so many other options. And I love Rayla's response is that just like, no, because <laughs> that, that would be my, like, like I, for, for once we get a response that is like, that's exactly what I would say. Um, and, you know, not because I think that I'm right about everything, but because like, it's really like, I felt that was very aware of Rayla of this idea that, you know, just choose a different path. You have been always been about writing your own destiny. And this is a moment where like, you need to listen and take a note out of your own book. And I just thought that was really, um, I'm really grateful for that moment because I was like, this is what this trope needs. <laughs> um, so I was thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you bring up, there's so many other options because there is, there really is. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah, there really is so many options. Yeah. Well, well, we've done it. We have had a full episode of talking about episode seven of season four of the Dragon Prince, which is just a, we're almost done, y'all. Only two <laughs> more after this. And then what? Uh, well, I'll tell you, we're going to dive into season four of The Legend of Korra. You should stop on by if you've enjoyed these episodes. <laughs> Um, but I digress. So Ben, you've been an incredible guest and I would love to, if you would like to be found, I'd love to have our listeners be able to find you. So is there a way that you would like to be found? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, my username is basically at Benjamin Collins on everything. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much, it's pretty much that, um, I'm currently, uh, in a very cute uh, musical called My Friend Fabian, where I voice uh, Fabian, who's one of the main characters. Uh, and you can find that at Lonely Bros Tunes. It's a, it's a sci-fi musical adventure about two friends who uncover a time-traveling conspiracy in their hometown, created by uh, Mason Drozit and developed by like the Lonely Bros Tunes. Very cool. I love musicals. I'll need to give that a find out. I need to look. <laughs> okay. Anything else that you're working on that you want people to know about? I have a future collaboration with Caleb Hiles coming up on his YouTube channel. Ooh, say more. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to. <laughs> All right, don't say but more. Keep uh, keep an eye out on Caleb Hiles' YouTube channel if you yeah. like to listen to song covers. Absolutely. So check out. Uh, the youtube channel but also check out their social media make sure all the social media is being followed speaking of social media you can follow bending not breaking at bnb underscore pod on all the things including unlike all of them so like facebook tiktok instagram all the things twitter um speaking of that we'll have a nice lovely twitter poll for our lens mvp so we're in. um and then uh you can also find us on patreon 
where we have lots of cool things for our listeners and supporters, including a live monthly episode where you can join me and my co-host for our Bending Up Breaking portion, uh, talking about all kinds of cool things. And our patrons get to choose the lens, so jump in on that. Um, and that brings us to the end. This is the end. Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, we'll have to just have you back one day. Uh, yeah. And, you yeah. know, season five pops up. <laughs> yes, I would love that. Awesome. Well, uh, this has been really lovely, and I wish you all the best on all of your endeavors. And uh, thank you for being a part of this and thanks to all of our listeners and thanks to our supporters on patreon for making all of this possible um and it's with that in mind that we come to a close until next time be well and do good thanks so much